welcome everyone to the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. We are excited to have you listening and watching wherever you're streaming this. I'm Deja Love here with a wonderful episode of the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. And this is a podcast where we amplify Black women's voices as we discuss how we manage stress and we maintain our well-being For this podcast, we really want to ensure that all Black women live productive and meaningful lives that are unhinged by stress. And so we are excited that you joined us and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Today, I'm joined by a wonderful guest, a friend that I've known for a while, um, Hosalane. Today's episode, we're really going to talk about Black women birthing, and and we want to be inclusive, Black birthing persons here, about natural birth and the experience and how to make it not as intimidating and scary. And so Hosalani here has birthed her three beautiful children naturally. I mean, I always say she's a superwoman, and we're excited to just hear about your experience. So before we get in, Hosalani, if you wanted to introduce yourself to our listeners or say anything, feel free. Um, hello, everybody. Um, yes, my name is Hosalani, and um, I'm excited to be on this podcast with Deja and to talk about birthing and my birthing experience, my natural birthing experience. Thanks wow. for having me. <laughs> Wonderful. We're happy you're here. So kicking it off, tell us with... And we'll get into more about this, but with raising three children, how do you maintain your well-being and wellness? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. When I saw that, I, I kind of chuckled because I feel like that's a struggle for me. Um, but um, I started thinking about ways that I've been trying to balance things out with three children and th- doing it um partially as a single and then as a single mother and then, but also partially as a co-parenting mother too. Um, I do, I I take naps when my, my youngest who just turned one on the first, I've learned to, when she goes down, I will go down because it's a, it's a challenge um, when it's like, Oh, I, I now have a time to do something, but my body's like, we're tired. Let's go ahead and, you know, rest. So naps are a big piece. I've been learning to say no and being okay with my nose. Um, my 11-year-old is a social person, kind of like me sometimes. And she wants to do things. She's in middle school. So there's a lot of times where she asks me to do stuff. And I have to remind her that um, it's not just her. It's all of us and how it impacts <laughs> the whole family. So I can't say yes to all the things or run around the city all the time. So being okay with saying no and understanding that that's part of my parenting. It doesn't make me a bad mom that I can't do everything because if I don't uh, rest or, you know, balance the stress, um, then I can't show up to be the best version of myself as a parent, as, Mm -hmm. as a mother, as a sister, as a friend. So I'm really learning to be okay with, um, setting boundaries really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to, um, you know, I was trying to do a lot of overtime, but really learning to not having, you know, at least having my Sundays off mm-hmm. and understanding there's why, you know, uh, cause my faith is a big piece for me and why, you know, we're called to have the Sabbath and that rest. 
and understanding that in rest and um, there was a verse that I read, which had to do with in rest, you find strength, um, which, you know, really after I, I did something like that, I did feel more like I had strength and energy. So it is a, it's even a, a spiritual thing that I must do. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I appreciate that hearing how do you mention the importance for you in setting boundaries and saying no, how do you do that? Because like you said, you're also a social person and, you know, there's always events. How do you say no? I think it's hard for a lot of us. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear like what helps you to just firmly say no. Well, I think it's easier now because I do have children. I think before when I first moved to D.C. and even on my days off, I would be going to a really cool event. And even though I enjoyed it, it you know, that took energy. But having children I actually has made it so I kind of like, well, you know, it, it, I have to pack up everybody and we all have to go. So it becomes kind of, a, you know, what's realistic. And, and what's been special, too, is my children, they've um, teaching them about pausing and resting because I used to have them in activities on Saturdays. But now they really enjoy having like lazy Saturdays where really if we're even going to get out of the house, it's not till like after 3.30. And Mm -hmm. so they even are not as willing to give up one day where we're not getting up to go to school. So that's helped too, where um, even I just, I wanted to take my kids to the pumpkin patch and I would only be able to give them an hour. And my daughter was like, mom, it's not even worth, you know, packing us all up and going for an hour. Like, you know, so, so there's some help and even then their wisdom to be like, mm-hmm. it's okay. You don't have to push yourself to give us this experience. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like we want to start things slow and it's okay if we just go to the park. Right. So that helps oh, um, wow. to, to make it a family thing and teaching them, which then helps me, <laughs> reminds me right. of what I'm trying to, to teach them that not everything is a go, go, go. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. And yeah. so, For us to take it a step back, you know, we talked about your three children briefly. For Mm -hmm. our listeners, what inspired you to intentionally, I mean, have your three children naturally? And and this was, I think, I think about, you know, your first, your daughter, this was before the boom and popularity of doulas and birth centers. This was at a time where it was very standard, you know, you go to the hospital, you have a birth. But what went into you of just really challenging that and saying, I'm going to have my daughter naturally. And then, you know, your subsequent, your other children as well. Right. Um, Yeah. So this was when in 2011, when, well, Zayla, my oldest, was born. Mm -hmm. So about in 2010, I've only been in D.C. for about a year. And, um, my partner at that time, he was, you know, he was like very natural, like vegetarian, really mm-hmm. about, um, that, uh, way of living. But at that time I was going to a gynecologist who I really liked. And mm-hmm. in their practice, he wasn't practicing, um, de- you know, delivery. So we were told, you know, we could go to someone else. And that experience with this other doctor that wasn't very uh, positive kind of made a, like we were having discussions about you know, maybe doing natural. Uh, we were doing research. I think we knew some people in the community that had talked mm-hmm. about the birth center, but 
we liked an gynecologist, Dr. Um, Saffron. But after that negative experience that we had with another doctor, it pushed us to even be like, you know what, let's go this route. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of really what started it was Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, this isn't it. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't we don't want to have this experience. Oh, wow. And And I guess I can say with the experience, you know, when we went to this doctor to get checked, he didn't even like greet us, acknowledge us, anything. We walked we walked in and he just started like doing the checkup, no acknowledgement mm-hmm. of, of us as, as a people. Right. Whereas Dr. Safran was very different. He was mm-hmm. very warm. And so it was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is new to, you know, to me and my partner and we're not even being um, seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, and so that was the same doctor that you had your other children? Did you have the same? Well, no. So. That doctor was, no, so this wasn't, you know, I had my gynecologist, Dr. Saffron, mm-hmm. and in his practice, there were other doctors. And so he had recommended another doctor in that okay. practice. And so okay. that was negative, which then moved us to the birth center. Okay. And that's where the relationship with the birth center started. And I had all my three children with the birth center. Oh, or, wow. um The community of hope now they're called, but at that time it was um, the birth center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for you with having your children at the birth center, did you have support? Did you use a doula and other support for you? Well, it's funny when people ask me because I always say uh, that the the children's father, um, Mm. when he was essentially the doula because he was very involved um, at that time, the birth center, um, you know, the beautiful thing. At that time, we know we had classes, so you got to meet other um, moms that were pregnant in the same group. Mm-hmm. We had, um, they even did like a daddy boot camp for the fathers. It was very hands-on. They like, you know, would offer yoga. There, It was it was really communal. Okay. Um, but with their father, um, he was, you know, he was in it. He He's like, you know, I'm going to be present and taking all the information in. And we... Outside of the birth center, we also um, ended up taking uh, private classes or like birthing classes with a, she was a midwife doula mm-hmm. and um, she ended up being, she would come like on Sundays, I think. And for a few hours, we would have more of a one-on-one okay. with her, oh, wow. with my first, with <laughs> with the first, we did that. Oh, okay. Oh, But wow. he, he, he was the doula because he you know, we did everything. Like my mom said, she never seen something like that. Like mm-hmm. where you had the father be so present and involved mm-hmm. that we had a whole rhythm <laughs> mm. that um, we had practiced with um, with the other, um, you know, midwife that was teaching us. Okay. Um, so yeah, that we built, we built those skills and that um, knowledge with her. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And so your partner, it sounds like that was just innately, he was just very involved that, yes. you know, and so how, how do you think other partners can be as involved? Because it sounds like there was the formal class after, but he just seemed like from the onset, he was very hands-on. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he comes from like a teaching background, right? He's a teacher okay. or was a teacher. So he was, you know, had his notes and 
the, the beautiful thing about having this um, Shaneri, um, she was the teacher that taught us. She um, made it so she was like, okay, let's practice as if she was giving birth. And so okay. he had his own little setup. And so when, you know, when that time came for me to have Zayla, mm-hmm. you know, he knew how to, you know, cause she timed them. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's say she's in birth and what do you do? Okay. And so, um, but yeah, I think um, to encourage other uh, partners, it's really understanding like that you're in this together and it's really mm-hmm. supporting uh, the mother as she's pregnant and like, how can you, you know, really help? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when someone is really new, it's okay to like get more classes taken if you can or more information or watching things and, and then asking other people like their experiences. And then it's like, if, and it's okay too, if they're not, they understand what they can handle and then inviting in a doula, because that is the beauty now that is more, you know, that there, you have that kind of support. Right. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. And your experience, you know, I think, and especially in the natural birthing movement is the shift of language and how we describe the experience. So it's moving away from a lot of the negative connotation of language like contractions and pain and it's, you know, sensation and waves. You know, what was your experience? Just really the the physical birth process, because I think many want to go a natural route for Black birthing persons, but it it seems really unattainable or, you know, it sounds like how you initially had the experience kind of directed in a specific medical intervention approach. So how, how was it for you just in the natural, if you could give our listeners an experience of what was that like, you know, as you're feeling sensation and it sounds like at a birth center, maybe you're not pressured to try to have an intervention or um, medication, but, but mm-hmm. tell us what, what was that experience? Um, well, yeah, with the birth center, what's powerful too is like, um, even as we're writing out our birth plan, you know, they teach us that, you know, you have what's ideal and then also that many things can happen, but I know for us, like we wanted to do the uh, Bradley method, which has to do with breathing. Okay. And so, you know, we had a whole method of movement. Um, and I think what's nice too about the birth center is that, you know, it's, you're not on this time thing, right? Like the birthing mm-hmm. process, it's it, it's going to take what it's going to take. And when everybody, because everybody's on the same page, that's something that mm-hmm. we had to be all in agreement with mm-hmm. is that we're all on the same page. And, um, that was important who you're going to allow in the room to make sure because even with my daughter in 2011, you know, I had to let my mom know that, Hey, we want to do it natural. So you guys can't be in there suggesting something different, (laughs) you know, which wasn't an issue, but, um, and then with my, so my daughter was at the birth center, but my son, it was still the birth center, but actually in the hospital, Mm -hmm. which was different. And so that was a different experience because there you know, uh, you had, um, the medical, um, you know, where they monitor stuff, mm-hmm. it felt more restrictive, even though it okay. was still a natural birth and it was with the birth center. And my mid, my midwife was there. Okay. It just was different from what I had with my first mm-hmm. and then okay. with my um, third, 
um, I had it at the birth center again. Okay. Because at that time, when I had my son in 2014, the birth center wasn't, um, they were closed. So they were okay. just, they're connected to the Washington hospital because some people okay. want, you know, they're not quite ready or they don't feel like um, they're unsure. So the option, you can give birth at the hospital, but you're still with like the midwife. Okay. And then there's some medical things that are going to get looked at. And if, you know, certain things aren't met, then it's going to be suggested that you give birth at the hospital with them still. Okay. Supporting you and stuff, which is nice because you do have advocacy there. You know, it's not like you're on your own with the doctors at the hospital. Right. So that, that, that's nice to know. Um, um, but the sensations, it was really the breathing. I did a water birth with my daughter. Okay. Um, and then even with my a third, it was supposed to be a water birth, but she came a lot faster. Okay. Um, and the difference with my third is that, um, I was in a different relationship and I, it was just me. Okay. So I, um, in regards to the doula, I was told that, um, John Hopkins has a, a birthing companion program oh. for the nursing students. And it's a free um, program because as much as I, you know, would love to have a doula financially, I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So it was recommended um, because the birth center also offered, you know, had some doulas, but it it wasn't guaranteed. So what was really different with this third birth that I had with Esperanza Mm-hmm. Is that even though I didn't get to physically meet my the doulas um, of the birth companions, you know I met them through the Zoom, okay. and even even when I was in the middle of giving birth to um, Esperanza, I was like, okay, I know this is my third time, but I really was very casual this time and really like didn't do as much to you know think it through. So I you know I was able to Zoom with um, uh, Diaria. Mm-hmm. Diaria. Um, and she walked me through it and gave me some recommendations as I was like walking back and forth, trying to remember mm. like, okay, you know, um, so each, each birthing, um, each birth was different in that way. Okay. That way. Oh, wow. And what, what kept you at peace and really grounded during that time, especially you mentioned your third, you know, you were independent. What kept you, you know, during that space where it's our thoughts you could easily I would imagine get so overwhelmed how did you stay so centered and connected yes well like I mentioned in the beginning faith is a big piece of Mm. who I am Mm -hmm. and that's really rooted you know on God and so I had uh, discovered a book called a supernatural childbirth which is uh, the concept of um you know like like praying your way through Okay. the birth and really giving it to God. And so even though with my other two, you know, yes, I'm a woman of faith and yes, I prayed, but this was, a, I was intentional, very, it was a different intentionality that even when I prayed about how I wanted the birth process, like asking, okay, I only want the labor to go this long. I don't even want to know that I'm like in labor. Like there were certain mm-hmm. things that I specifically asked for and prayed over. Um, and then even in moments where I'd have doubt or, you know, when you're, um, when there are tests or anything, even every time maybe a negative thought would come or uncertainty, mm-hmm. I'd have to remind myself or, you know, maybe have a verse or, you know, um, having the support of um, prayers because uh, they had a they have a podcast and they have a Facebook group and they would meet once a month where whether somebody was 
trying to conceive or somebody maybe just had the baby or they were mm-hmm. pregnant, you know, you could request and just pray and listen to other people. So mm-hmm. the, with Esperanza, this third birth, it, it was really, really a, a, a spiritual birth mm-hmm. because I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the partnership mm-hmm. support, but it was really about that. And it was about community. It was about all the other um whether from the birth center to the chiropractor, because in this birth, I had to actually go to the chiropractor. I've never done that before. Okay. And actually it's more common. I didn't know that it was actually so common that um, they like, they service a lot of uh, pregnant women just because of the way your body shifts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so from day one, but, you know, going to a, like a black women chiropractor, Dr. Cohen, Dr. Britt, and Dr. Darren, they just were very loving from day one, just, you know, so, and I would have to go like three times a week, and then it would okay. two times, and then, you know, it was reduced, and then when it was closer, um, so it's just who you're surrounded by, mm-hmm. and then the birth center too, the staff, and having uh, other um, um, midwives that look like me, and that, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I had just turned, I turned, I, I Esperanza was born in November and I turned 40 in oh, September. Wow. So, okay. you know, I'm, you know, older. <laughs> and say, you know, just the terminology. I'm just like, yeah. you know, uh, it's definitely a male <laughs> terminology. Um, mm. But I, you know, I was a little concerned when I called them and let them know. But they, you know, they told me the birth center that, you know, they've seen a lot of women in the, the advanced age that were birthing and, you know, it was fine. So, okay. um they really gave me the freedom mm. to m- make some choices on my own based just on my health. Okay. Because at my advanced age with Esperanza, they wanted me to go to the Washington Hospital Center to get monitored because I guess when you're an older advanced age, they want to monitor it more. Okay. And I was like, this is too stressful. I have to get in the car, sit in traffic, to mm. s- have you sit here and listen to my baby. You're actually causing me more stress. Right, right. <laughs> and so, you know, they they said, look, you've been healthy. You you don't you're not required to go as many times as they want. You know, I went mm-hmm. a few times and then I said, I'm gonna trust in faith and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna keep putting myself through that stressful <laughs> drive just mm-hmm. so because of my age, you wanna look at some numbers. You know, and, and that's for each of their own. Like it's fine. And that was mm-hmm. a, you know, the nurse was really kind and it was great, but I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to be able to have people that support or are willing to work with you and how you might feel or to be honest, if it's, mm-hmm. you know, an option, depending on how the birthing um, is, you know, the birthing process is going in a sense of, or the labor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wow. I love mm-hmm. hearing that. That's so it just sounds like you you trusted yourself, you trusted your intuition. And certainly, as you mentioned, the spiritual component. I just mm-hmm. I really that resonates because I think in healthcare, it's, you know, we're taught, oh, you trust the doctor, trust the nurse. And it sounds mm-hmm. like your experience, especially with Esperanza, your third child, that it was so intuitive that you really centered it and connecting with spirit and and really affirming and praying over it. And I think that's such a paradigm shift and it's so beautiful to hear. And I just wonder, you know, what would you recommend to those 
birthing persons who are either preconception, they're thinking about it. And it just sounds so overwhelming because it's through a medical industrial lens that it's just, you know, what you articulated, it just sounds so amazing. And it's just the nerves, at least, you know, I think about for me, I, I want to have children someday and how you ex- just explain your experience. It sounds mm-hmm. so calming and just so peaceful, you know, not at all to negate that I'm sure there was a lot, but it definitely just sounds very just grounded compared to what I would imagine in a hospital where it's the opposite of that. How do you Mm -hmm. think people who are just even considering this, how can they attain what you just, what you had with Esperanza? I mean, I feel like that's the ideal. Most people want to have a peaceful, grounded, connected centered experience, but sometimes don't have that outcome. Right. I mean, I do want to say that, you know, I definitely, there were moments of doubt and fear and, you know, things did show up. I, I did mm-hmm. have some things to work through. So definitely okay. I don't want anybody to think that, um, you know, those things weren't there, but I guess having the previous two births mm-hmm. and then um, my faith being such a, a key component um, that was key but I think you know it's the people that you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. um however the higher power or whatever centers someone Mm -hmm. I would you know suggest that very thing that centers them to make Mm -hmm. sure that they hold on to that and really connected to that um I would say you know do your research um because there is a lot of information and it is overwhelming and even Mm -hmm. though I've you know she was my third I still would have my doubts and even um Part of me, when they were really willing to let me just make my own decisions, it wasn't always, you know, part of me was like, you're not going to tell me? Like, I kind (laughs) of wanted someone to say, no, you know, you need to do this. When they're like, oh, it's up to you. And it's like, wait, but I don't know. (laughs) You know, so it was something that I had to learn to um, trust because Mm -hmm. the previous two childbirth, um, you know, my partner, you know, I, I would look to him in many ways because you know, we were eight years apart and he just had this, you know, confidence and maybe experience working with children that, mm. I, you know, I was very, um, you know, like didn't feel experienced. Definitely, you know, uh, was it eight years ahead of my plans that I had. So I definitely didn't feel like I had, you know, the knowledge that I had with, you know, Esperanza in that sense. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, what, what's the thing that centers someone to trust? Um, you know, to surround yourself with people that have the same goals or Mm -hmm. speaking positively, understand that, you know, people will say things because, because what's amazing to me is our body physically changing becomes this public eye thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I struggle through, you know, where people would say things to me. um, And I really had to learn to just (laughs) breathe through it. Remember it's not personal. Mm-hmm. And some days are better than others. Um, but it, it is an amazing thing that, you know, no matter where I'd walk, somebody's going to speak to me to the point that the day I gave birth, you know, I didn't even want to go inside the store because I'm like, I don't want to hear about how I'm going to pop or like how people don't really think about wording. Mm-hmm. And how I wouldn't want to birth in the middle of a store. Like, why would you right. <laughs> say that to someone or right. I hope you pop? So it's just funny. Just, you know, a lot of things are coming, but really just remembering like, okay, <laughs> I don't 
don't have to take it personally. Let me breathe through, or I might be short. I might say something, and it's okay too because it's like you know, let me just be, please. Right, right. Um, and I'd say you know, move like go out and walk. I think in the West, this idea that oh, you're pregnant, so you can't, you know, you you know, you can't go do things or you shouldn't do things. But it's like, no, it's healthy to, you know, if you're a runner, you know, or if you were playing a sport before, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to fully stop. Um, I think it's just really understanding yourself and having um, the support and understand that, you know, birthing has been going on, you know, since the beginning of time. And that, you know, all the people that on, you know, in the world here, somebody carried them, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure if I, you know, the recommendations. Um, see, I'm trying to see what I wrote because I did mm-hmm. try to write. Yeah, I said faith, family, um, talking to other people that maybe have had uh, experiences, you know, only having like trying to find positive people in your circle mm-hmm. um and for me too I you know I whether it's an online community there's like birthing groups um whether we're if whether you're at a birth center or you just have a, a private doctor seeing what resources are out there that's really important because mm-hmm. I do believe in community and like having others around right if it's feasible and I, I know every depending where people are it's different yeah the community that's a that's a really good point and you as you were saying how Solani about not internalizing and and it's a point that I don't think people really think about as as you're growing as the baby's expanding we don't think about the reaction the external of what people are going to say and how that can affect and especially as you're pregnant and the hormones and the emotions (laughs) I mean that that's it just I'm thinking about that. I've never really even thought of that in a way. And you're right, because it's so ubiquitous. People will just, oh, look at your belly or just say things. And we don't mm-hmm. think about how the receiver is gonna take that. Right. Or or the expectation of the receiver to just be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and what was different with this with Esperanza and having my 10-year-old, she was 10-year-old at that time. Because okay. now she's experiencing some of the things that I would experience. So she would hear people say something. So, you know, one of the women um, in the apartment complex, you know, I would tell people, ask me my due date. And I would tell them and they're like, oh, you're not going to make it. And oh, it's like, wow. but like, I don't know, you know, and, and it's like, okay, I know she doesn't mean it mm-hmm. in a bad way. But it's like, people don't really think about what they're saying, because right. it's like. All I'm praying for is I want to make it to my, you know, and that's my prayer. So for someone to tell me and I, you know, and I told her, I said, no, I will, you know, Mm or, um, or we were at the mall and some lady, you know, was like, oh, you look like this or something. And, you know, so it's funny talking Mm -hmm. to it from a 10 year old point of view and seeing like, oh, wow, mommy, like the, you know, the world is reacting to your Mm -hmm. body and putting their assumptions on you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'll just, you know, smile. Sometimes I just (laughs) have a look. Um, and then sometimes mm-hmm. I just have to laugh, but you're right. And these hormones too, because, um, you know, I remember I was trying to park and this guy, <laughs> he like did something. And I remember I got so mad. And then I was like to remind myself like, oh, you're pregnant. You can't just get out of your car. And go tell them. <laughs> but 
Like, you know, <laughs> I think with Zayla, when I, um, you know, I was living at a studio, I would bike all the mm-hmm. time with her. And I remember, I remember, you know, I was like, I was ready to, you know, it's like these just new experiences going on that it's almost like that mama bear kind of thing would come mm-hmm. out sometimes ready to go for someone and I'd have to be like oh yeah just right right getting in people's face but it's like it's just it's a it's really because now nobody bothers me right like now Mm -hmm. that I've had my baby and people let me be but it's like as steadily growing it's like Mm -hmm. the whole world has something to say or they feel like they're allowed to um, Mm -hmm. which has made me more cautious too when I see someone Mm -hmm. I've learned to just congratulate I don't ask a lot of questions or I try to be really mindful of how you know you know if someone said oh congratulations that was really nice you know mm-hmm. um so just really try to be mindful of my wording or say hey you know I uh, pray that you you know so you have a healthy birth or something you know something mm-hmm. giving instead of judging or being like you know let me tell you about this <laughs> mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. so, but I always trying to remember the you know, it's no, it's not the intention and trying to remember they're just talking. <laughs> right. Right. Which that, yeah, that's, that's a hard one to do. I yeah. think <laughs> that's a, how much sleep you got. Or right. Exactly. Like, there are yeah. many levels to it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it just makes me think also, you know, it's just managing the stress as well, you know, especially as you're pregnant and that becomes so central of just maintaining your own, you know, well-being and and, and keeping stress levels low. You know, how how did you navigate that? And especially being very cognizant of now, you know, media, the black maternal health crisis, like right. that's just that's you're hearing that in the headlines. And so I think, like you said, Esperanza is a year now. So you were probably hearing that a lot. Like, how did you, you know, just you're aware of it, but not just like what you were saying when you're going out somewhere and someone wants to talk about your growing belly. How did you, how did you not internalize that? I mean, you know, sometimes I would, but I would have to, you know, remember to, to pray or remember like, okay, you know, like one of my favorite verses was like, you know, I, um, um, fearfully and wonderfully made because it is really amazing mm-hmm. that, that our bodies can really grow another human. And if everything is well, like the, the interventions aren't even needed, like your body really can do what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would have to, you know, maybe repeat some things. Um, I would, you know, try whether, you know, making sure that I'm eating a certain way or um, or even sometimes it's like, look, I need a little something. So I might, you know, have that chocolate or, you know, something <laughs> kind of balance some things out. Um, and just trying to, you know, whether journaling, just work through it or, you know, even being able to vent to a friend um, mm-hmm. or even at that time, you know, with my first two, letting my partner know, look, I'm not trying to have you fix it. I just want to mm-hmm. <laughs> vent and mm-hmm. say what I want to say, not because we're trying, you know, I need a solution. I just want to. <laughs> you know, just vent for a little bit. Um, because yeah, I didn't know that it was a miracle that, you know, my birthing experience was really more of a miracle. Cause when I did start looking and studying and, you know, uh, I even got to sit at a round table about black women's birthing and, um, and, you know, violence and just understanding how, you know, how much 
you know, is out there. And and then looking at whether you're a celebrity and those challenges. And um, I'm really thankful that I, you know, that wasn't my journey, but understanding how common mm-hmm. and um, just trying to be encouraging. Because even recently, you know, trying to support like my sister through it and some of the things that she had to go through where I actually had to call or just try to encourage her or mm-hmm. finding something different because it's like, these things are not okay and right. we don't have to take it. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's where, you know, having that community support, whether it's through mm-hmm. family, friends, or any group that you might be part of where others might be willing to um, step in. Mm-hmm. Cause for her, I'm like, you know what, I can do the call or, if mm-hmm. she was looking for something, I would, you know, send messages to different groups and ask, does anyone know of this? Mm-hmm. Um, ways to combat that kind of negative, um, you know, what because what it is, you know, what is coming in the news. And then I think, too, it's important. And the birth center was really good at letting us know is that you may have your birth plan and everything that you want. But sometimes things do happen that right. is out of your control. Right. And even in my own group, you know, there are certain things that people were looking to have that just didn't happen mm-hmm. or that, you know, it didn't turn out in the way that they wanted. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't talk about that because mm-hmm. even my sister was saying, you know, how come you don't hear about the, the hard parts? But it, it's mm-hmm. hard because, you know, when you're pregnant, you are just trying to keep right. a very peaceful. You don't want to really hear those hard parts. But then there's also this other reality that I think. Mm-hmm. People don't fully comprehend the, you know, birthing, um, carrying a child, you know, what it does to the body as yeah. a whole and what it means. And so I do think there needs to be a balance in that, that we, you know, um, like even just for women's therapy, physical therapy, like mm-hmm. we don't talk about pelvic floor, like all this mm-hmm. stuff that shifts and what it means that it's, you know, nine months of that growth, what that means. That I think there's a lot of places where we need to... Um, do better at that too. Mm. You bring up really good points. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, could you speak to a little bit about that? What was the postpartum like? And, you know, especially now, just like you said, pelvic floor therapy, that's become a trend. You see that all the time. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think maybe just a decade ago, that was not talked about as, as, as a standard approach to, you know, throughout the birth process and postpartum, what, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's, that's a loaded question, but I guess the first one is the postpartum experience, but then how can we talk more about some of those challenges and what were some of the challenges that you encountered that you know now, but during that time, completely unaware of that you, that it may have, would have been helpful to just, you know, have a little bit of prep for. Right. Yeah. One of the biggest one was just like um, the diastasis recti, which I guess mm-hmm. is like the the separation of this, the, the like the stomach muscles or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I was given like a packet about it, but that I didn't really understand what that meant mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, that can, you know, how, it, you know, it impacts your back, mm-hmm. um, um, like the bladder, all these things. So that was really different. I <laughs> like I, I don't know how that was going to shift so much. So, you know, that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with postpartum, I remember my midwife asking me about, you know, depression. And, and, and it's interesting because I remember her telling me, and maybe this was with my second birth, where she said, because I think there's this idea that postpartum, if you're going to have the depression, it would happen right away. But sometimes 
Mm-hmm. It's not right away. And mm-hmm. when I think back, I think, oh, wow, like I was going through it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like it wasn't the I guess this, the way that it's always spoken about, okay. even though it was never about harming my child. It was just the way like I kind of checked out, like I still mm-hmm. did this stuff, but I wasn't fully engaged. And, and, and so it's like, oh, I didn't know I was dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like learning um, through that. Um, and then with, you know, Esperanza, it's, you know, it's a different because being a single mother with her where it's like, I don't have another adult to give me a break or to have um, balance. It's really been about, you know, thankfully having the other moms who <laughs> understand and know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where people were um, making sure like I had food or if, you know, whatever I needed or oh, kids yeah. need to be picked up. Um but um, I, I now, you know, and then like whether with a chiropractor, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even know about that as much until this third um, pregnancy um, and understanding like there are things that you can do before mm-hmm. um, now in regards to like the pelvic floor or just, you know, like mm-hmm. there is more information. But before it was I learned as I went. <laughs> um, so. That's something that, you know, as people are thinking about conceiving, you know, that's something to think about. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the chiropractic experience like as you're pregnant and you're getting adjusted? I mean, when you're pregnant, I would imagine you're not they're not adjusting you, you know, like on your belly. So what was it more the hips, like focusing on the hips in preparation for the birth process or was it just everything you're getting your your neck everything adjusted tell us more about that well it really depended where the pain was because you know okay. I'd go and they'd ask me okay what's hurting and obviously most of it was the pelvic so I'm trying to think you know I started early on it wasn't like mm-hmm. I was already so I'm trying to remember if they I ever was on my belly at that time yet or not mm-hmm. but it was really like oh I'm feeling it here or you know so they would shift different parts okay and stuff but I, you know, I just really love like just the caring environment, the mm-hmm. gentleness of the each um, doctor and just, you know, like they just let me go in there and take my time and mm-hmm. just. So, I mean, the whole thing, okay. um, but yeah, and especially after they would shift and do some things, I definitely felt better. And then sometimes okay. if it didn't feel better, I could come back. OK, but, um, you know, it's having someone that's going to work with you and you're both on the same page and they trust you and you trust them and you can express. Um, it, it was like, you know, just a, a, a relationship. It was a good mm-hmm. relationship. And then even after I had Esperanza, they, you know, you can get the purse free, um, you know, cause even for the baby, right. Coming out. And, oh, that's you know, right. Was- I've heard that. Oh, so yeah. what was that like with Esperanza as a baby getting adjusted? Um, it was, you know, like, cause they, saw me before so it was like family you know coming okay. in and being like okay you can adjust her and then wow. and then I like maybe it was day two day three where I went back like after I gave birth I needed to adjust because I, you know I was hurting okay um, wow and, day three after delivering yeah because wow. this is different you know because I mean I guess I'm older maybe so it was you know I'm not that old but my body was like, <laughs> yeah where I was, you know, I just turned 30 with Zayla when I had her compared mm. to turning 40. 
Um, and I'm definitely not the same physical shape that I was either. Like mm-hmm. my life is definitely not the same. Um, but it, but you know, it was not. You know, they let me nurse. They never mm-hmm. rushed me out. You okay. know, I could sit there. Or if she would cry, like they would let me, you know, hold her. Okay. So they were really willing to work with me, which is you know relaxing instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, right, right. Wow. Yeah. That's important to go to places where. You know, they allow you to have a real, like, lived experience with your child. Like, babies are going to do baby things. Right, um, right. They're like, oh, okay, we're going to have this person go ahead of you if that's okay. You can nurse or you can do what you need to. Or the, you know, the diaper, she decided, you know, go right then. then it's okay. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's, it was really positive. I actually really miss them because they became part of my everyday. Right, um, right. It's just a, a good place. Like, and seeing other moms in there from different stages, um, mm-hmm. you know, who just recently, or you know, they look like they maybe will be due soon. It's fun to meet other people, mm-hmm. and then kids too. You see all kinds of yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. wonderful to hear. Uh, just the importance of communities. What you're saying and yes. being in a space, your whole. Uh, healthcare team you know like you had an amazing it sounds like chiropractic um, doctors and the birth center and just your social support that's Mm -hmm. that's really that's really powerful because I think a lot of people don't have that and that's the challenge you know our society is so fragmented and so that that social support that network sometimes can be challenging um, so you're really amplifying that as being so key as part of your wellness journey and what helps you with managing stress. Yes. Well, and then I think, you know, living in D.C. or the DMV where, you know, um, I'm able to find in that, in that medical or, you know, where, you know, the, I had a black midwife, I had, the, you know, chiropractor was black. It's mm. black women everywhere, really, mm-hmm. which, you know, if, if we're going to push back against you know, what we see in the news and this broken system, then I would say definitely that was key. Right. Not to say that other than the other midwives that you know, weren't black, I mean, they were great too, but it was just knowing that um, I had a reflection of myself mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't always have to express it or I knew that I was in good hands, whether the chiropractor, whether, and, and the thing too is that, um, you know, like they, the birth center was the one, you know, they told me about the chiropractor. So, you know, there was a, a network too, okay. right? They're going to say, hey, go to this person or go to this person. Um, and then, you know, I would go. And if it was a positive experience, then I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. And thankfully it was. And, um, so, but I, you know, for people that maybe don't live in a city like D.C., mm-hmm. for me, online is another way that I would find support. Okay. I know some people, right, are more of rural, you know, rural areas or it's not, you know, maybe as many people that look like them. Right. So it's like, what are other ways to find the support? Right. And right. like-minded people, maybe they're not going to look like you, but if they have the same um, way of thinking, then that's really helpful too. Mm-hmm. Because we really had, like, even just most recently when I went to take my children to the dentist, there's another woman there and she was nursing her. Uh, her daughter, and she asked me, she said, how long did I nurse both of my children? 
and, you know, my daughter, she was almost three, my son was almost two. And she said, you know, people kind of pushed back at that with her, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, yeah, I've I've had that too, where people look at me like, you're still nursing. But I'm like, it's only here that it's an issue. I think of things in a global sense too, right? Like, or the rest of the world does it very different. And Mm -hmm. it's like, do do what works for you. People Mm -hmm. are always going to have something to say. And you're doing what's best um, for your family and for your child. you know, people are always going to talk. Right. Um, That's so, so great. It's, it's a challenge that way. Right. That's wonderful. Do what works for you. Do what's best for you. Yes. That's like my number one advice I tell any new, you know, whether they're, yeah, any new birthing um, women or family. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that's something that I learned that um, there's going to be a lot of information. Mm-hmm. It's going to be overwhelming. But at the end of the day, when it's the wee hours of the morning and it's you and your mm-hmm. partner and family, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, like what's going to work best for you. So sometimes all the things that are written or, you know, it's, it might not work for your family. You have to do right. what works for you because you're the one that's up at the wee hours or, right. um, and that's what I've learned. And and another thing that one of the moms told me is that things go in seasons too. But sometimes it can feel like, oh, you know, I'm in this newborn stage forever. But it's really about seasons. And so trying to look, that really helped me understand that, you know, maybe in some of the harder times or the more challenging times or when there's a sleep pattern and now the baby's growing. So now they're, you know, not sleeping. That it's, they're not... They're not going to stay in these stages forever. Mm-hmm. So just kind of, you know, the everything, there's a time and a season. And that's okay, too. And um, I was doing some um, therapy, too, like counseling. And something that my therapist said, it's okay that if all I got on a table that week was just peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Like, right, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like, you're not the worst mom because here you're pregnant and you got kids going to school and you're exhausted. Yeah. It's okay. Like, mm. I, I think, you know, we everybody adjusts and right. that um, my body is growing a whole human and it needs to rest and it's exhausted. And this is all I can do for today, and that's enough. And that's okay. <laughs> like, right. um, kids, kids adjust too. Um, so it's yeah, just learning how to, I guess, take it you know day by day and being mm. present being okay with what you can do Um, and I still have to do that today because sometimes I still struggle with feeling like oh I didn't do all of this stuff I was Mm -hmm. supposed to get all this stuff put away and I just lay down here and just (laughs) rest it right yes oh I love that the importance of therapy and just oh yeah that it's that's wonderful yeah, she, my therapist, you know, she, it was funny because she said, you know, there's four of you. And it took me a second. I was like, four. And then it was like, oh, I'm included. You, yeah. <laughs> like, you're trying to take care of four people. And I was like, wait, I have a baby coming. That makes, but I was like, oh, yeah, me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, had, I started learning how to say that. I'm like, there's four of us. Or, yeah. You know, and I, I was really thankful for that because, so I think just as women, you know, or, um, Whereas, like, you know, we just take care. Like mm. We're trying to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, and sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. Right. You're going to be pregnant. That's really important to take care of self, which then it is asking for help and telling people. Because sometimes too, like, you know, making a list of things like, hey, you know, if you want to come over and wash the dishes, because sometimes people do want to help, but they don't know what. Right. 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 So I've had to sit and be like, oh, can you pick up the kids or I don't feel like cooking, you know, food being brought, like thinking about those things, too, that are where it allows people to do to help. Right. Instead of like, you know, because I, I wasn't always sure what I needed or didn't really know how to ask. You know, that's something to think about, too, in that process. That's Plan. wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Hosolani, this has been great. I really appreciate you just sharing your experience with us and our listeners and just hearing how, you know, your community and your faith and really being grounded and the importance of therapy and listening to yourself. I mean, you just, you gave us so much and I, I appreciate that. What is one thing that um, as we're closing, anything else you want to share with our listeners that you haven't already shared? Um, let me see. Um, let me see if I didn't. Um, no, I think I said, I just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, as one of the moms used to tell me, you know, to be gentle with myself and give myself grace. Yeah. So that's what I would say as the last, you know, be gentle with yourself, give yourself grace mm-hmm. and um, yeah, tr- trust yourself and, you know, find, find, find your people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be find gentle your tribe. with yourself. Give yourself mm-hmm. grace. I love that. Yes. I'm going to be repeating that. That yeah. I think that's applicable for all of us. Yes. But more especially during the process of birth and especially mm-hmm. a natural approach. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Hosalani. This has really been great. And for all of our listeners, we will connect um, Hosalani's information for those who may have questions and want to engage with her further to find out more. She gave us a lot of resources. We'll link that below. And we appreciate you all listening to this episode of the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. Follow us across social media. Our handle is the BWWA Inc. Inc. You can also connect with us on our website, the BWWA.com. Remember to subscribe, follow, and like us. Uh, for our bi-weekly podcast episodes. We love engaging with our community. So if you have feedback, if you have comments, let us know what resonated for you this episode with Hosolani. And we are excited and look forward to seeing you for our next episode. Remember, until next time, stay well and remember that our wellness is infinite. Take care, everyone. Bye.